Hey, what's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 44, and we're going to cover Numbers chapter 3 through 4. And I'm excited today. I have my special guest back with me, Mr. Dustin Mills, Detective Mills. What's up, bro? Where you been? Man, good to be back. Been busy. (laughs) Busy doing what, bro? The people miss you, man. I know it. I miss them, too. (laughs) Yeah, I had somebody even ask about you at, at church uh, this past Sunday. They was like, I've had two people ask. Uh, when guy was staying the weekend with us, they were like, where's Detective Mills? And then somebody at church asked about you, where you've been. People really been enjoying your input and your, your practical application. But as for me, I got a pick on you, bro. You had me going through cleansings bodily fluids by myself you had me going through all the strange weird stuff and i couldn't even have you with me to depend on to have these strange discussions around these strange topics it's almost like i had it planned out (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it's funny because i had to to go into teaching mode because i missed our interaction to be faithful and get through it but one thing i will mention is my mother-in-law when i interact with you she say why you say bro so much and I said, Ma, you just really never seen me outside of public speaking, formal speaking. This is how I talk. And she said, you say, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was just cool to hear my mother-in-law get to hear me in a different light. Absolutely. Without further ado, let's get to it. So, bro, where we left off, we saw God develop Israel from one man. He called them from Ur the Chaldeans. We had Abram. And he's developed this man, he's developed Isaac, he's developed Jacob, he's developed Joseph. And it was easy to follow because we were looking at one person at a time. Israel has gone from 70 to estimated two to three million people. And you even see here at the end of Numbers chapter two, it says 603,550. And that's just the men that they counted. They didn't count the Levitical priesthood. They didn't count the women. They didn't count the children. So most people, if you just multiply that number times three, you get 1.8 million. And that's really conservative. So this could have been way more than that number. But now they're moving as a a nation and you see national numbers. And so the reason I bring this up is if you start your Bible reading in numbers, it's going to be a lot more confusing because now we're talking about nations and politics and Just like how you would run a country, we're talking from that language and you don't have your building blocks in place. It would be like trying to read a sentence without knowing your alphabet. So the encouragement is, which is why I was glad you were with us in the development days of Genesis, because that's where the foundation is. That's your lunch pad for reading the Bible. If you don't get your origins right, you'll never understand what's happening here. Wouldn't you agree? No, absolutely. And so... With that being said, let's dive into our text. Yesterday, we talked about the 12 tribes and God, he's numbering the tribes. That's where we get the word number from, from the book of Numbers. And I said that the outline of the book would be between chapter 1 and chapter 26. And the difference is chapter 1 is actually the numbering of the nation right now. But due to their disobedience, this nation is going to die. And I'm being passive. Let me be more active. God is going to kill them off because of their disobedience. And we'll see another number in chapter 26. And that's going to be the second generation. 
And it's actually some practical application there where you see a people being so disobedient that God says, look, I got to start over. And he did that with the flood. And what are your thoughts on that where people just won't get it right? They choose their sin. They choose themselves so much where God says, look, I'm going to raise up another people. I'm going to start over. What kind of thoughts does that provoke in your mind? We know that God is a holy God. And I, it makes me think about that when God decrees something, he says something. We know that the Bible says that he can't lie. And so he has to follow through with that. It makes me thankful that we have a, his son and savior, Jesus Christ, because we're a lot of times just hard headed as they are. But with the new life in Christ, he's given us a new heart that strives for righteousness. We desire it. Amen, bro. To piggyback off of your holiness, this is why we enter into numbers and how they're moving. First, he gives a census. He numbers all of the camps. Then he puts them in order from north, east, south, and west. He puts the tribe of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali north, the tribe of Ephraim, Manasseh, Benjamin on the west, the tribes of Reuben, Simeon, and Gad on the south. And then he puts Judah on the east with Issachar and Zebulun. And the reason he put Judah on the east is because they're moving east. They're moving northeast, and he has his king up front. But look at, they're in a cross pattern. Guess who's in the middle? Levi. Yeah, but Yahweh. Yeah. God is in the middle. Praise and it just shows who's the most important person in Israel. That's who the true king is, God. And I liken it to security detail. Like when the president is traveling, you have secret service up front, and you have secret service in the back. But the president is in the middle. And God says, put me in the middle. Like, I'm the most important person in Israel because I'm the one who's moving history forward and I'm the one who's fighting for you and I'm the one who's accomplishing this mission. And that just, it's just so powerful for me to see how God even organized the tribes and the troops communicating something. And so if they're traveling in the wilderness in this formation, what is that communicating to you if you are a Jebusite or a Canaanite or a Hittite? You're saying, one, they're orderly, like they got it going on. But two, that person in the center is who's driving all of this. And if you ever found out who that person in the center was, they'll say his name is Yahweh and he fights for us and join us in being holy. Join our camp and have peace. But if you disagree and you want to fight against us, then you'll have war. You see what I mean? That's what's happening here in the way that they're moving. We numbered the tribes in chapter two, but in chapter three, we're about to number the Levitical priesthood. And so I'll just read verse one. It says, now these are the records of the generation of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests, whom he ordained to serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of their father Aaron. And so you even see Moses reminding the priests of their sin, of mm -hmm. their brothers, to show them, like, let's not get it twisted. Let's remember, I am a holy God. And so let's obey me to the T this time. So you move into 
what that looks like, but you also get more knowledge about the Levites that they're going to be broken down through three groups, Kohath, Gershon, and Merari. So these are the three types of Levites. And this is the statement that I, I make. All priests are Levites, but not all Levites are priests. And so that's going to come back up because it, it hurts to be second place sometimes. And sometimes when you are second place and you aren't that guy, it causes you to rebel. And we're going to see that in the Levitical priesthood as, as we keep reading. But let's break down the tribes that we have first. Before we enter into that, verse 11 says, Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Now behold, I have taken the Levites from among the sons of Israel instead of every firstborn, the first issue of the womb amongst the sons of Israel. So the Levites shall be mine. And so what he put in place in Exodus where he says the firstborn are mine, he's saying I'm making an update there. I'm not just taking your firstborn or the first of your flock. I'm now taking a people, like a whole people. They're mine now. And this is the Levitical priesthood. And so what thoughts come up in your mind where God is saying, hey, I'm shifting from what I did in the Exodus after I slaughtered Pharaoh and his army to now I want a whole people group dedicated to me. Yeah, it just makes me think about Christ and him being our substitute. God says that he's also our high priest. And so it's almost a picture of him pouring out his wrath on his son instead of us. Man, that's good. No, for sure. And even, even as you keep thinking through that thought, we're going to move and talk about those other three groups in them being dedicated to him. You have Gershon here in verse 21, where it says of Gershon, there was the family of the Libanites and they were 7,500. And then here's the purpose of Gershon. It says that they're involved in the tabernacle of the tent, it's covering and the screen for the doorway of the tent of meeting and the hangings of the court and the screen of the doorway for the court, which is around the tabernacle. This is all of the cloths. As you move the tabernacle, Gershon is respons responsible for all of the cloths. And then you have Kohath. And Kohath, in verse 28, it says it's 8,600 of them. And the Kohathites, they should be responsible for 31. The ark, the table, the lampstands, the altar, and the utensils in the sanctuary. And then verse 33, it says Morari, and it's 6,200 of them. And they should be responsible for the frames, the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars and sockets. And so those are the poles. And so if you're looking at it like a human being, the Gershon would be responsible for the skin of the tabernacle and Morari would be responsible for the bone structure. And so this is how the whole thing will be set up. And inside of all of that, the most important part, the Kohathites are responsible for that. And so they're like second place. They're responsible for all of the inner workings. And you get the duties of all of these groups of Kohath, Gershon, and Merari in chapter four. And it just wraps up all of their duties. In chapter four, it says that as they go out, this is how they should move. Verse three says, from 30 years upwards to 50 years old, all of those who enter the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. So we get the age that they're able to operate in from 30 to 50, and then they have to retire. But God has set aside this people for Israel to take care of. And so from there, 
you pretty much get every person from verses 1 to 20, you get the Kohathites. And then from verses 21 through 28, you get the duties of the Gershonites. And then Merari finishes out the chapter. And God is just basically breaking down what we already went over, that not only these are their duties, this is how they're to carry out their duties. We're getting God again, breaking down how he wants his people to move in every single detail, how they are to move all of the objects of his furnishing and how the tabernacle is to move forth. We see their formation. Basically, it looks like a military is moving. It's two to three million of them, but they're moving with order. And if you saw that in the wilderness, that would put fear in your heart if you were another nation. Man, let's ride out there. What's some things that come to your mind if an everyday person reading Numbers 3 and 4, how would this encourage you in your walk? Interesting. The other day, I was talking to my dad and about reading through the Bible, and he said when he gets to, to Leviticus and Numbers, he always really struggles through it. And he told me, he said, sometimes it seems like it's not very purposeful, but I actually think the, the exact opposite. God was very purposeful in putting this in here. If he had not have gone in the order that he went in, we could have never gotten to Christ. Everything that God does, even if we don't understand it, even in our lives today, things that we don't understand, something that we're going through today, if we weren't going through it, we would never get to the next level or the next thing, even the hard things. And even if it's hard to read through Numbers, Leviticus, and things like that, it's got to be done. And God had to lay this out for us to help us with the things that are going to come after these chapters. No, that's really good. And I think basically what you're saying is because we have a good lunch pad in Genesis, we can even understand these things better too, that God started out with a very good world and sin came into the world and God is on a mission to take that world back. And we learn how does he do that? He does that with order. He does that with redeeming a people group for himself, setting them apart as holy, and he's now coming to conquer the world through one people group. And it's, you better listen or get out the way, because I'm coming. It's a Dion talk. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. All right, we'll end it there. You guys take care.